Blog Talk Radio. to the show. Where else can you listen to Big Brother House Guests, Survivor Castaways, and the Amazing Racer Racers? That's right. Here at the Rad Reality Show Network, and we have so many other guests. Um, tonight, we have special guests. Everyone sit back and enjoy, because you know what? You know what day it is? It's Monday. That means it's Manic Monday, and that means it's time for... Welcome, Big Brother fans. Welcome, Big Brother Canada fans. This is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. It's June 6, 2016. I'm Sherry Garcia, and I'm so glad you can be here tonight with us for Manic Mondays with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa, from Big Brother Season 10, also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence. However you know her, you know she can rock the red unitard better than anyone else. And tonight, she's got a very special guest joining us for tonight's show. Joel from Big Brother Canada 4 will be here soon to talk to Michelle about the entire Big Brother Canada 4 season. So if you have questions or comments, call in at 1-347-237-5506. And once you're on our switchboard, please do remember to listen to the prompts and press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you want to join us on air and you're not just listening to the show from our switchboard. Now, let's get this show started with a little intro for our host. Here we go.
Hey, my Michelle. How are you, and how was your weekend? Well, hello, Cherry Pie, and hello, everybody out there, Manic Monday Land, chat room listeners. Uh, what's up, everybody? My weekend was very, very relaxing, Cherry. You know, I just kind of relaxed. I, I had a, a very busy Friday. I uh, I worked all day in, you know, my job that I do, and then I had to go work at Gillette Stadium, and I had to work the Beyonce concert. Oh. So, yeah, so there was a lot of um, – a lot going on there that day, so I kind of did just some resting. You know what's, how nice it is just to rest sometimes, Cherry? Just to kick up your feet and do absolutely nothing. I do. I certainly it's do. <laughs> it is the best. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, I know that Mondays are kind of downers, but we're always here to pick up your frown and turn it upside down for you. Uh, we have uh, an amazing, amazing guest tonight. I'm so excited um, to have him on our show, uh, to give him a little bit of American pride. We welcome in Canada in the house, and that's Joel from Big Brother Canada 4. And I mean, everybody fell in love with Joel, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, if you want to talk to Joel, uh, ask him some questions or anything, the number is 347-237-5506 if you want to talk. Uh, to Joel or one of us, make sure you press one. If you just want to listen, then don't press one and just listen. But as Joel will say, just call me, maybe. Hmm? Yeah, we saw Joel doing some singing in that Big Brother Can house. So uh, I thought I'd just make a little funny joke there. Um, and we also have Missy Z uh, from the Big Brother group. She'll be calling in to talk real quick about the NYC premiere party. That myself and Joel that will be attending, and oh my God, Cherry! So June thirteenth, we are going to know who the cast is. That's a week away. I know, and she That's is on board now. Awesome. Well, let's bring her up uh, so that she can let us know about the NYC premiere party details. Here we go. Missy, Hi, you're Michelle. On Michelle. Hi, Cherry. Hi, Michelle. Becky with the good hair. Joel with the good hair. Missy here with the bad hair. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You do not have bad hair. If anything, it might be well, humidity factor. That's exactly what it is here in Seattle today. It's really hot. But I'm so glad to hear that you had a relaxing weekend, and I'm so happy that Joel's coming on because I'm sure Joel's going to be talking about the premiere party as well. It is going to be uh, 30 house guests, 30 Wow! 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 I know. And I just, fortunately for me, I watched Big Brother Canada for the first time this year, and I absolutely loved it. I loved the whole entire cast. There wasn't one person that I didn't like. And the majority of them are going to be at the BB-18 premiere party. I know. I'm excited. I was telling them about it when I went up to the uh, finale party for Canada, and they were all jumping on board. They were like, yep, 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 yep. I was like, oh, my God, you guys have to come down. So it's great to have another uh, Big Brother Canada, you know, international premiere party, Missy. The Pax Bros are coming. Joel's coming. Kelsey's coming. LaVita's coming. Oh, God, who am I forgetting? Oh, there's there's just so many, so many. I I, I know. I I saw Peter Brown said that he's probably going to come down. 
Cassandra's coming down. Peter's coming down. I think there's like three others, to be quite honest with you. So I'm totally excited. Um, we've had everyone that we have listed on our nycpremierparty.com website is confirmed. Everyone has confirmed with us. It is subject to change. I mean, we know this, but here we are a week at, two weeks before the party, and everyone's confirmed. We haven't had any cancellations except for Liza. Unfortunately, Liza can no longer attend from Big Brother Canada. But that's it. Everyone is still attending. Our VIP tickets are sold out of last night at like 9.30 last night. So Wow. VIP can you give people details about like where if, if they can't go VIP, they can buy other tickets. Like they can still get into the party, right, Missy? Absolutely. So here's the deal. VIP tickets were on sale. Um, we are sold out, unfortunately, but that does not mean that you cannot attend. The only difference between VIP tickets and having a general admission ticket is VIP, you had two hours with beer, wine, drinks, and food. As to where with your general admission ticket, you get in at 7 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock. 7 o'clock, you get to mix and mingle with all the house guests. 8 o'clock, we will watch the viewing party from 8 to 10 all together. And then from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., you still have more time to mix and mingle. That is the only difference between a VIP ticket and a general admission ticket. So you're and still you getting still a great plenty deal. of tickets. You still got plenty we of general do. admission tickets left. Okay, we are halfway sold out on our general admission tickets. Awesome. I will be completely honest. The venue holds 500 people, and right now we are at a pretty large capacity. So I'm really happy with it. I didn't. I don't know how we could have done it any better, given the fans what they want. As fans, we know what fans want, and that's why we put this together and we work on it all year round. So it's finally coming to and an so end. And so how much are those tickets and how do they get them? Okay, you go to nycpremierparty.com, and general admission tickets are $45. So that they can is buy them the there, price. and then they can buy them at the door as well. Say if they live in New York, can they walk up <clears> to the door and buy a ticket there? We will not be selling at the door unless someone absolutely needs a ticket because usually everyone gets their tickets in advance. And if we're okay. sold out, we can't sell at the door. Okay. So that's, but that's if you're sold out. We, right. That's why we always ask everybody to get their tickets ahead of time because we'd hate for someone to show up and not realize that we are sold out because, you know, fire laws and capacity laws with the venue, you know, we can't, you know, we can't change it for them. That's why we say get them in advance because if they're sold out, they'll know before they just walk up and say, oh, let me in, and then we can't. So we would feel really bad because that's not. Yeah, there's a lot of procrastinators out there that like to wait till the last minute to get some tickets. So don't procrastinate, you guys, because the VIP sold out, as Missy said, of last night late. So I'm sure that the general mission are going to be selling out, too. And so once we're getting close to it, you guys get your tickets, right, Missy? I mean, they don't want to wait and be the ones looking from the outside in. Exactly. Not at all. And I got to be honest with you, I was shocked with the amount of the uh, uh, general mission tickets we sold today because VIP is sold out. So I'm like, oh, my God, we just try to do the best for everybody. And what we have left is what we have left. But it, it should be such an amazing time. The Big Brother alumni, all 30 of you are going to be walking the red carpet. You're going to be interviewed by Whitney and you're going to be interviewed by um, Eric from Your Reality Recaps. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to mingle. We had DJ Alex 
DJing again this year and he gets that crowd going, it is going to yeah. be such a night. And all the media that's attending this year, Michelle, so much. Yeah. You have Huffington Post. You have CBS Interactive. You have Bravo TV. We have TV Guide. They're all going to be there. Wow. That's amazing. So, and you guys, don't be bummed out if you didn't get a VIP ticket because you're still going to be able to mingle with us. It's not like we're going to be in a cage and we're not allowed to. We're out there with you guys, watching it with you guys, screaming at the TV with you guys. <laughs> it's a very interactive, fun. Um, and so if you were hoping to get the VIP ticket, listen, you know, you're just going to have to come in at 7 and we're still going to have a blast, right? The only thing that they're going to actually miss is getting uh, a little bit of food and drink, which you can order off a menu if you come later at 7 o'clock, and you'll miss the red carpet interviews. Other than that, you guys, you alumni are so interactive, so, and no one's getting sectioned off. Everybody gets to be together, so there's no sectioning off this year. So Awesome. And I'm sure everybody out there wants to know. There's going to be a lot yes. of TVs, and we, we don't play any music. We shut everything down, and everybody watches it. So don't, don't worry about, you know, if you're going to miss watching Big Brother or whatever. We are all quiet as can be, well, some of us. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you can hear a pin drop. When the yes, countdown happens, 10 to 1, a pin can drop, and Julie Chen comes out and says, Hello, everyone. I'm Julie Chen. That's it. Everybody gets really loud, and then everybody gets quiet because they want to see who these new house guests are, where they come from, what's happening this year. So every year, it's it's an amazing experience. I get the chills when Julie Chen comes out on the TV screen. Doesn't matter where I am, home, Me too. At an event, wherever. My the hairs on my arms stand up. It should be a really great time. We had a great time last year. We have no flaws. We're very organized, and that's what we're looking for, just a good time with everyone. And you house guests are amazing. And that's all I can say. You know, you guys are not there. A lot of people, I've had some people ask, oh, all these house guests are here to party with one another. They could, if you've never attended an event, then you don't even understand. You guys aren't there to party with one another. You guys are there for the fans. And that's what I love about all of you that are attending. You're not there to party together. So let's squash that rumor real quick. No, we're there you to guys party with really the fans. With the fans. Exactly. And it's like I said, it's an amazing experience. If you guys can come out, I hope that you guys come out. If there's, Anyone who can't come out, there will be social media. I'm sure you guys will be Snapchatting it and on your Periscopes and on your YouNows. Uh, use the hashtag, hashtag BB18Premier. That's the hashtag to follow throughout the night. And that's it. I don't have anything else. Uh, the party is at the Ainsworth in New York City. Uh, the hotel that everyone is staying at is Hotel Pennsylvania. If you need a hotel room, there is a group rate that's available for everyone. And just check out the website at nycpremierparty.com. All the information is there. And if you guys should have any personal questions, feel free to email us at bigbrogroup at gmail.com. That's awesome, what I have Missy. For you. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's like two weeks and two days away, you know. And is that how many um, days it is? Yes. Yes. The only, two weeks the and two only days. disappointment I'm going to have, Michelle, is it's another season. And if it's an all-star season and you're not there, I'm going to be totally, totally pissed off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm I know. I'm going to be at the party, you know? So, I know. 
Your time will come, princess. Your time will come. Your fans want you back. It will come. We just don't know when. And I want to give. I want to make my fans happy. So I, I want to. I want to definitely uh, go to All Stars. So if anybody's out there listening, hello. Um, also, uh, Missy, you said you now in Periscope. I don't have those, but I do uh, notice that Facebook now has the new live um, the Facebook uh, feature live. too. Yep. So I'm going to yep. be doing some live streaming, people. So, you know, if you're not there, you know, I'll make sure that you guys are there in spirit. Um, once again, make sure you guys, if you want to buy tickets, find out who's there. Any kind of information, uh, make sure you go to the website. And if you've got any questions and you can't get a hold of Missy, shoot them over to me, and I'll make sure that Missy uh, gets it. I'll be the middleman. No worries on that. Thank you so much for calling in, Missy. And uh, You are welcome. Thank you for thank putting you for this together. Me. Thank you for putting yes. this together, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Well, shout out to my partner, Joe, and shout out to Adam Pock for helping us set this up this year. Put a lot of work into it to bring you guys the best epic party that there is on the East Coast. Oh, my goodness. I'm, like, sweating I because I can't even believe it's, like, two weeks and two days away. And, and I said <laughs> before you came on, in one week we find out who is going to be in the house. So I know. Hmm. I know. Interesting, interesting. Well, enjoy your time with Joel. I'm sure fans are calling in to speak with Joel. I'm sure Joel's probably on the line. I can't wait to meet Joel in person because Joel has great hair, too, just like Becky. And yes. I'm going to be calling him, and there is no maybe. So No, that's right, girl. That's show. it. <laughs> have a fun show, Terry. Thank you so much. Thank you to all your listeners for letting me talk, and you guys have a great show. See you all soon. Thank you, my love. Have a good all one. Right. Have a good bye night. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. I I can't even. It sounds like it's going to be exciting. I've been going to uh, the premiere party for about five, six years now, and, you guys, it's a lot of fun. So um, I cannot wait for uh, two weeks, two days away, even though I'm kind of sad, Cherry, because I wish I was back in the house. But I know. Uh, I must just we keep reading by the phone. Our friend Nick from Unfiltered Feedsters is going to be there at the party, so maybe he will do some streaming on you now, and hopefully he'll do a little streaming of my Michelle. Yes. Say hi Shout to you out to on you now. Feedsters. Yes. Yes. Want to give them a shout out? Love um, them. It's going to be great, and it's like I said, the first time that we're actually going to intermingle with other uh, Big Brother um, International, I like to call it. Um, so that you know, we're gonna we're gonna show Canada, you know, how we do it in America, because they showed me how they do it in Canada. And now it's my turn to repay that. Um, so I'm excited, um, and um, just let you guys know next week. Uh, we will actually have the Pax Brothers on Manic Monday. So um, Phil and Nick will be our guests next week. And they also are going to be attending Cherry. The winner, winner, the winner. I hope they didn't spend all the money yet. hope they didn't spend all the money yet. <laughs> I told them. I sat them down. I said, make sure you put some money to the side. But um, we're going to be having Joel. Do we, do we have Joel yet, um, Missy? I mean, uh, not Mr. on Cherry? yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Um, well, I also wanted to say something really quick. Um, first off, I want to say uh, a happy birthday to my father. His birthday is going to be on June 9th. So I just want to give a uh-huh. shout out to my father. And also, happy birthday, Papa um, Costa. 
Yeah, happy birthday, Papa Costa. And I also wanted to um, say a little something about our Jason. Um, he's amazing. He's a part of Manic Monday. Um, he does a lot for us, and he's not feeling very well. He's in the hospital. Cherry, maybe you want to talk a little bit about this. Yes, our Jason, we love him so much, and he helps me so, so much. I don't know what I would do without my Jason, and he's in the hospital right now. Um, He's having some issues with his stomach and pancreas, and uh, he's going to be in the hospital for a few days, and I would just like to ask that all of our listeners say prayers for Jason. Um, Anybody that knows Jason loves and adores him, and so if you know him, you already love him, and just please say a prayer for him that he has a speedy recovery and is back with us soon. So um, I'll be in, in touch with him every day, and I'll be letting him know um, you know, what people are saying online, that kind of thing. I did post on the Rad Reality Show group page, like uh, well wish, a, a sort of a group, uh, get well soon kind of thing so if people want to sign that they can and I'll be letting people know you know updates on him and vice versa letting him know what people are saying on there about you know for him so if you sign it I'll be letting him know what's being said there so um, I'm sure it will uplift him to know that people are thinking about him as it would any of us if we were in the hospital so just wanted to let people know that he is going to be in there for a few days at least. Uh, so say prayers well, for just let Jason. you guys know, yeah. I mean, I know, like, you know, when, you know, you're down and out, Cherry, seeing the messages from other people, they, they're they really, like, you know, lifting and, and very helpful and, and kind of, yeah. I, I think, help you speed up the process of getting better, you know, just knowing that there's people out there thinking and, sending prayers and thoughts. So if you guys can, um, you know, make a little comment, just let me know that you guys are thinking about him and sending him well wishes for a speedy recovery. Make and you want to get back we, to your friends soon. Yeah. Yeah, and he does a lot for us. And, uh, you know, he wasn't feeling well. And he was still trying to do stuff. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's just, he, he's a great person, and he has a big heart. And so I just hope that he is getting better. That's the most important thing, right, Cherry? Absolutely, absolutely. He's yeah. got to take care of himself. Yeah, that comes first. So that we, definitely comes first. We do have your guest on the switchboard now. Oh, I wish we had like a Carly Rae song that we could have, you know, played for him, but we'll just have him sing. That'll be fine. <laughs> All right, let's bring up our guest of the evening, Terry. I'm so excited. I know. Here we go. We have... Joel from Big Brother Canada 4, on with our Michelle Costa. Hi, Joel. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, gosh. We're doing a lot better now. Oh, that's great news. Glad to hear I can brighten up people's day. That's what I'm here for. Didn't win the 100K, but if I can brighten Michelle Costa's day, that's worth more. That is right, uh-huh. and I know that you're, we're we're a little bit touchy right now. I mean, you were a little upset with me because I talked to Cassandra yesterday, but I'm talking to you right now. That's right. Now, now the tables are in my court. She's already had her turn. Now it's time for me to one up her. 
See, the beauty announced the brains. That's right, Joel. Um, Well, first off, I just want to say welcome to Manic Monday. Um, We're so happy to have you on. Very excited to talk to you and just to hear, you know, about your experience on Big Brother Canada. For you came in out of the TV and you gave us all big hugs and we just absolutely adored you, Joel. You played such a great game and you were so lovable. First of all, just how was your experience on um, Big Brother Canada? I know you didn't win the money, but you won our hearts. You won our hearts. Um, you know, you, you know what? That I would say that's probably the next best thing. I guess if you, I, I played the best game I knew how to play in there. Obviously, it had been a dream of mine for a long time to get on the show. This was not my first time trying out for it, so um, I knew what I had to do going into the house. And uh, yeah, it was definitely was everything that I expected it to be and then some. So uh, other than winning the money, I can't have too many regrets. No, I mean, just making it on the show, Joel. I mean, you, you're a big, huge Big Brother fan, right? Uh, did you watch U.S., U.K.? Did you watch all of those different Big Brothers? You know what? I'm actually sort of, I would call myself a super fan right now. It's, I guess, up to interpretation whether Big Brother fans want to define me as this, but I actually wasn't really into Big Brother until season 14 came around. And season 14, um, there was a house guest on there who was a relative of a big survivor player. And that particular Big Brother player um, kind of crashed and burned and was uh, expelled and didn't do really good. But there were other characters on that show, like Ian, like Boogie, like uh, Shane and uh, other people like that on the show that I got really attached to and that I really connected with. And then, so from season 14, I got hooked on Big Brother. And then for about a year or so before the first Big Brother Canada came on the air, I was just binge watching old Big Brother seasons and basically watched one to 13 all the way up until the next Big Brother uh, Canada, the first Big Brother Canada came up. So I'm a transformed Big Brother fan, I would say, but now I'm definitely a super fan. Oh, my goodness. So you tried out for how many times did you try out for Big Brother Canada? Tried out. This is my third time trying out. Tried out for season two, made it as a finalist that year. Didn't quite make the cut that year. Wasn't quite what the casting was looking for. Uh, They called me back for season three, asked if I was interested again. I was very close. I was actually on the verge of getting cast on season three of the show. And then, unfortunately, some... um, personal situations rose up at the last minute so I had to drop out of season three but then they kept uh, having faith in me and called me back again for this season and this year everything sort of aligned didn't have any conflicts or anything and yeah the rest is history well we are so glad that you finally made it on the big screen because let me tell you you just um I, I loved everything about you I'm are you wearing a bandana right now I'm just wondering I am not wearing a bandana. I understand that there was a Twitter handle that was just started up maybe like two ago, just called Joel's Bandana, which has a whole bunch of uh, pictures of me wearing bandanas at different points. I know uh, Arissa was not a big fan of it. I know for the family visit, uh, my mom wanted to just like rip that off and throw it in to hope that little pit of rocks with a big fire volcano and chuck it in there. But uh whether for good or for bad, it definitely caught people's attention. We'll put it that way. Well, Joel, I mean, I know as well as you know, when you're in that house and you got the downtime, you kind of do some crazy things. You do some, mm-hmm. you know, 
things to fill in the time and you know you rocking the bandana and i did see that joel's bandana twi- uh, tweet handle I, I thought that was pretty funny but it, you know you kind of go come out of your body it's like an out-of-body experience and you do things that people are question you when you come out like why did you do that and you're like i don't really know why i did it i just did it yeah, absolutely, and you would understand probably better than anybody because you were in the same sort of environment. There is no, it, it is not like it's shown on TV. It is not just like an hour of just that, and then they have us do all sorts of fun games. They don't give us any board games in there. They don't give us any books to read, any music to listen to, or anything like that. So you've literally you have maybe like an hour or an hour or two a week for competitions, if that. Um, for that stuff. And then the rest of the time, it's kind of up to you to pass the time however you want. And you do the craziest of things, but even then you're just find yourself bored out of your mind so many times. So wearing a bandana was just something that just came over me. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to take on another character. And you know what, everybody sees me as this nice, sweet, lovable guy, but I put the bandana on, I Tupac it around. And then all of a sudden I'm a badass. All of a sudden, yes. I mean, we definitely the saw, the yeah, the sweet Joel. <laughs> and then, oh, my gosh, Joel, one of my favorite moments of Big Brother Canada 4 was your speech. Where did that come from? That was awesome. Okay, that speech came from just the fact that I knew my game was done at that point. I was clinging on, crossing my fingers that perhaps uh, the brothers and Tim were going to still trust me because Cass had literally like just broken their word to the brothers and double crossed them like just days before that. So I was like, okay, it's obviously fresh in their memories. Obviously Cass outing everything that I had done and my double dealings didn't help me at all, but I had two speeches prepared. One of them was to tell the brothers and to plead to Tim to just put your money where your mouth is if you guys want to take, because they had always talked about taking the good people to the end, the people that they felt had earned their place there and had played a clean game. And I'm not going to like profess that I played the cleanest game because I was in with a lot of people. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say I played a cleaner game than Cass in there and a cleaner game than some of the other people in there. So my original speech if I knew that they were going to keep me or were still on the fence was to say, you know what, put your money where your mouth is and help me out and vote to keep me. And then the other one was just because I knew that I was going at that point And I knew uh, Nick and uh, Nick and Phil and Tim had told me maybe like five, 10 minutes before that they were going to vote to evict me at that point. So I was just like, okay, you know what? You guys have called all of me out for this. I'm going to call you guys out for this. This is straight from the heart, and nothing that I said was dishonest or untrue. And I was just like, you know what? I can't hide the way I um, – I can't hide what I got caught doing, but you guys did it too. So, like, don't be throwing everything on me. Yeah, I mean, I think that you can't really play a clean game. I mean, when people say a clean game, it's really difficult not to break some kind of a law – alliances or, you know, especially as the game withers down with less and less people, you're going to have to break some of your alliances or some of your deals that you make. So when people say, you know, I played a clean game, it's really hard to say that, right, Joel? It absolutely is because it's like, like even Cass said in her jury question to Nick and Phil, and they dodged around it. She was like, okay, 
everybody has to lie to get to this point. Like, tell me a lie that you told in this game. It's just, it's, it's not possible to get through the entire game. Now, if you're playing another game like Survivor or something like that, and you just, like, win immunities after immunities or something like that, and then just you're not forced to even, like, strategize, then that's a different thing. But it's not possible to hide behind competition wins all the time in Big Brother because it's just not possible. You can't win every single head of household competition. So there are times where you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to have to get in with people and make deals and you're going to have to break your word at some point. And so, yeah, that's, it's not possible in my opinion to play a clean game in big brother. And it's just a question of who is better at it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Now you and Cass, you guys had a great relationship in the house. Um, Mm -hmm. What was, what would you say is your most important like alliance in that house? Was it you and Cass? Was it you and, um, Tim, like, what was I, what was the strongest alliance for you? Um, my strongest alliance for me was probably Cassandra. Now, I did not think when we had made a final two deal in the first week that it was going to last as long as it did, just because I knew how outspoken Cass was as a person, and I knew that, uh, there was a lot of people who were playing very emotionally in there, and I knew that Cass's personality could rub people the wrong way, and people might put Cassandra up just uh, for that fact. So uh, did, I, did I think our alliance was going to last throughout? Uh, no, because I knew that Cass was somebody who, like I said, is a very, can be a very passive-aggressive person to people, but Cass was definitely my most important person because Cass had uh, good relationships with uh, people in the house, and I had good relationships with other people in the house. I was really close with the likes of LaVita, with the likes of Dallas, whereas uh, Cassandra had a good relationship from the very beginning with people like Jared, Kelsey, Raul, and stuff. So we were always able to sort of bounce information off each other. And I think we were two of the very few people in there that saw the game from the very beginning from a very strategic standpoint. She did a lot more talking and strategizing than I did, but at the same time, we were smart about the fact that we never uh, we never were outward about our relationship and how close we were, whereas like people like the third wheel, it was pretty obvious that those guys were together from the get-go, whereas me and Cass only had to like talk strategy for five minutes or so to be on the same page on where we're at for that week. So Cass was definitely my number one. Yeah, I would agree too. And I think that's smart that you guys both had like, you know, your hands in other uh, sides of the house and you were able to bring that information to each other and, and kind of keep each other in the light of what was happening. So that's pretty smart. And, and making sure that people don't catch on that you are together because, you know, you, you get clingy in that house. And then once that happens, you're, you're with the spotlight on you and you kind of laid back and let kind of the, you know, the Kelsey's and the Jared's and all that kind of, take each other out, you know, and, and go against each other in the house with the Dallas and stuff like that. So um, it, it worked out. We just wish that you had made it to the end, Joel. I know. So did I. Unfortunately, it, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of factors, I think, that come in once you get to the point that we were at with the three show at final, uh, final six or so, final six, final seven or so. When it gets to that point of the game, you really need the only thing you can really truly depend on is winning some competitions. And unfortunately that was kind of our, uh, our weak suit at that point was the fact that we couldn't get a competition under our belt when we needed it. If we had won 
that competition at final six during the double eviction, the brothers would have gone home guaranteed at that point, And then definitely one of the three show and quite possibly me could have made it to, to the very end. And then things could have been a lot different, but that's a lot of times what the game boils down to. Unfortunately is one or two little mistakes like that, or one or two competition wins that you unfortunately can't pull out. Yes, it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of thing, but you really never know in that house. Um, yeah. What was your favorite competition in that house that that you played in? What was the one that stuck out by far as being your favorite? Uh, well, I'll have to say the competition that me and Mitch won, although um, now looking back on some of the past episodes, it's really not a competition that me and Mitch had any business winning, knowing the position we were in the house, uh, but when you're in there, obviously your perspective is a little different and you feel a little bit more on the hot seat, but the competition me and Mitch won the locked lips one, not only was it very awkward and kind of unorthodox for somebody like me being six foot four and somebody like Mitch being like five, seven or five, eight or something like that. So me having yeah. to like crouch down to his level to transport those balls and literally be like two feet, not even away from him having to transport the balls. But the fact that we're next to all these big physical guys like Jared and, uh, Jared and Dallas, I think, were right next to us. So, um, like, leaving all those teams in the dust, winning that particular challenge, being such a big fan of the show. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, you dream of getting that letter from home, the pictures and everything like that. So winning that competition was definitely a big highlight for me because that was such a long competition. is very, very physically exhausting. And uh, the fact that somebody like me and Mitch, who are not the most physically fit people when you look at us, were the people that ended up victorious in that one was a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it was great to see. Um, Now, a lot more goes into it than just the competitions because you have to deal with your food situation and and being on slop. And you were on slop a lot, Joel. Talk about your slop experience. Uh, you know what? The slop experience was not as bad as I, I came into it expecting the worst, and uh, it was not the worst part about being a have-not. The worst part about being a have-not was sleeping on the floor in that tiny little chapel, which was extremely uncomfortable and very, very hard for me to get any sort of sleep, and that floor was so freezing cold. That was the worst part. But in terms of the slop, uh, I was fortunate and me and Cassandra both, because I think me and Cassandra were on it probably the longest of anybody else. Me and Cassandra yeah. were fortunate that we had a lot of people there that felt a lot of sympathy towards us. I guess I just have some sort of an endearing quality about me that everybody's just kind of like, oh, and stuff. And that's how it was like in the house to the point where, like, uh, Tim, Kelsey, Raul, other people in there would be like, oh, let me cook you breakfast. Let me cook you lunch. Let me make something fancy here with this slop. So I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to argue with somebody if everybody's going to want to, like, do everything for me. I'll just, like, sit back and then eat the food that you guys cook me. So yeah, I was very fortunate in, in that sense that everybody was always, like, helping me out and giving the, the like, oh, poor Joel kind of thing. <laughs> Now, did you guys do, like, a lot of things with the slop? I know in my season we made uh, slop uh, popsicles. We made ice cream slop. We did fried slop. We made slop meatballs. Um, What was your favorite slop dish? My favorite slop dish was probably slop pancakes, just because uh, it was simple, easy to make. You just 
flattened, flattened out a nice round shape on the grill and then flipped it over a couple of times and then spread it over with some, put some sugar and some syrup or something, something really good on it. So that was probably the best. I don't know that we came up with as many innovative things. I think we were just like too lazy trying to like backstab each other throughout to think of crazy recipes for um, slops. But uh, we had that, we had some, some spicy slop soup with like some little spice, uh, like some slop of meatballs in the middle. We would have uh, some slop burgers. Kelsey made some really good slop cookies, but uh, that's about it. We didn't really have, we didn't make any like slop popsicles or any, any slop shakes or anything like that. So we were pretty lazy when it came to the slop things. We were just like, all right, we know how to make these one or two things and then we'll just like bear it from there or some of us would just do like Tim and be like well screw slop I'm just gonna like fast for a few days oh goodness oh my goodness but it's definitely a, a mental uh like you said it wasn't just the slop it was the sleeping on the floor how do they expect you to sleep on those benches Joel you're six four. what did they think that you know they could have made just a, like a bigger bench for you something like that well, that was my fear, but the good thing was that I didn't actually have to sleep on the benches. When we first came out and saw the have-not room for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I don't ha- I ha- I'm not going to be able to sleep on the floor. I literally have to, like, uh, contort myself like some of, these, um, some of these trapeze artists or some of these gymnasts <laughs> who can just, like, twist their body in so many crazy ways. I'm just like, I'm literally – I'm going to be the first person that's ever going to be medically evacuated – from Big Brother, and it's only because I'm going to crack my spine on these benches. But uh, fortunately enough, I was able, we were allowed to sleep on the floor. We had some small blankets, which did not cover your entire body, and we were allowed, like, one pillow, and that was basically everything that we were allowed in there. So uh, it was a huge, huge challenge, but it was definitely not comfortable sleeping on the floor. But if I was to choose between that and, like, some of the Big Brother U.S. seasons where they literally had to, like, sleep on some of those chairs. Like, if I have to, had to do, like, Big Brother 15 where they had to sleep on those little airplane seats or on the dentist chair yeah. or something like that, that would have been probably a lot chair. worse. Uh, oh, yeah. gosh. You were a contortionist, I guess, right? Those are the people that bend their body into little boxes and stuff like that. Imagine yeah, that. I wow. Wish, uh, I imagine that it would not have ended well for me and my game would have ended probably a lot sooner. They would have had to call the doctor in for, yeah, to to do, a, I'd have had to take a lot of painkillers to survive. Yeah. So what was, what was your first like actual meal that you had or that you were craving when you got out of the big brother house? Uh, first meal that I had, I think uh, when I was voted off, was I had a I had a big steak with some mushrooms and then I think I had some a uh, huge thing of calamari. But I mean, as people can tell from looking at me on the show, I'm I'm way, I lost a significant amount of weight. I didn't go in there like weighing all that much. I think I only I went into the show going at about 170 or so, and then I was down to probably like 160 or 150 or something like that by the time. I walked out of there after 70 days. So I wasn't the uh, biggest person going in there. And uh, it, that was the first meal I had was something just with a lot of uh, food, but I couldn't, I could have like maybe I had maybe like the entire calamari to myself and couldn't even down the steak. That's how narrow my stomach is. And I get full really, really fast, which is why I'm as scrawny as I am. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess it's a good diet plan if that's what you're looking for, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's if, if your only thing is to lose weight, but when you're – when you're my height and stuff, being around 150, 160 pounds is probably not the healthiest. I don't know too many dietitians that would be like, uh, yeah, that's that's good with that. Keep running on the treadmill and keep doing like your one or two hour cardio workouts that you were doing before going into the house. Because that's what I was doing before. I was doing a ton of cardio, like an hour or two of cardio every single day and not really like focusing on uh, the rest of my body. Yeah, well, that you it's probably trying to build up your endurance because of those endurance challenges and stuff. But, you know, Joel, I, I don't know your pain because I never was on slop on my season. I was the only one. You were lucky, yeah. but you were the but you did you were victimized with replacement nominee nominee roulette. So that's pretty much like slop. You're pretty much just like a punch in the gut that you just lost your breakfast losing that one. So. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing that up Sorry again, Joel. I I, I I know I know you you bring that up a lot actually. I do. I'm sorry. A lot of people bring up a lot of stuff about me for my final five weeks, so it was a bit of a nightmare. You know that that's okay. I mean, it, it's down in in history as a ridiculous veto, Russian roulette veto, and I, and I got there the bullet. Go. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, let's let's talk a little bit about um, your other talent, Joe. I didn't know oh boy. that you were such a good singer. Yeah, I'm I want to you know, know about the Kali racing. Okay, actually. Um, okay. I was completely oblivious to that throughout. They play music randomly every once in a while when you're in there. And I can remember they were playing some music in the hot tub area one time for us just as a treat. I think it was when we were at about final seven or final eight, they had played music. And I thought all the reporters, when they talked to me the next day, they were referring to that. And I was like, why is everybody asking me this Carly Rae Jepsen thing? Did that song play or was that a big deal? I was... I had no idea that it was in the HOH room and that I was literally like miming and doing the actions to it. You, like, you know, you, you completely forget so many things that you do in there. Not only do you have to like um, process everybody's stories when they're coming to you with so much information, but you also have to like try to remember where you've been and what you're doing, but you lose track of it because there's so many hours during the day. So it was, I was completely oblivious to that. And I was just like, you know what, I've got, some time, I guess, to enjoy some music and get a glimpse of um, things in the outside world a little bit. So I was like, I'm just going to, like, lose my mind and go to this other place. And, um, and you did a huge viral sensation. It was awesome. And I was, I was, I don't know, I'm sure everybody else out there listening uh, was dancing and singing with you, like, as it was happening. Like, I was having my own, like, Carly Rae moment. I was like, yes, Joel, go! Oh, my God, it was so awesome. Cherry, I know you saw that episode, too. And uh, I know that was one of your favorite moments of Joel's. Yes. Um, We have a question from the chat room. All right. Um, this is from Nick from Unfiltered Feeds. Um, he wants to know how Big Brother Canada has, how the experience of being on Big Brother Canada has changed your day-to-day life. 
well, it's not every day that you go to a McDonald's just to like want a burger and then have everybody on the staff want to get a picture with you. So um, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely big, right now. I, I don't have I don't have a lot of uh, privacy. Even now, I'm just like outside of uh, my place, and there's people just like waving and pointing and looking at me weirdly. So that's a little it's a little odd, but. Um, uh, other than that, I'm trying to just get back to to normal life as much as to I can. To reality, you know, get back <laughs> get back to reality, reality, not reality. Reality, reality. Shown on a on a reality show, the actual re- reality, reality. Uh, but besides that, I mean, other than like the old cliche stuff that you hear from anybody that goes off the reality show, but it's true is that you learn, you just, you appreciate a lot of things that you don't get, especially with me. Like I have such an appreciation every day when I wake up and I'm like, I can have an actual breakfast and I can have some lunch and some real food every single day. Now it's, it's, it's a luxury I didn't have in there a lot of times. So just appreciation for, for a lot of things that I think people take for granted. So that and getting recognized, a lot of the two things that have changed right now. Well, Joel, I hope that, you know, you got a free burger at McDonald's at least. I have not gotten anything free. I am in, I shouldn't say I'm insulted because it's only like, it's only something that lasts for a little while and it's, I wouldn't try to exploit somebody, but still like, I'm kind of, a no, but McDonald's right should have threw you some chicken nuggets or something. No one, especially the fact that, you know, you are not slop. I would have been like, Hey, take some pictures and here's some chicken nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've had to, I've had to pay for everything. People are, people are jerks. They're just all about making money and obeying the law, quote unquote, and all that. That's weird. Ugh. I don't know. People are. I don't uh, know what. I don't know what's with people, man. <laughs> oh, we gotta. We gotta. Everybody, if you're out there and you see Joel, give him something. Anything. Free stuff. Free stuff, you man. You want free stuff? Come on. <laughs> and we um, now have another Joel. question from the chat room, if you don't mind. Awesome. For yeah, go ahead. Before you start in. Um, this is yep. from Beth Lynch, and she wants to know: since you have watched the season, have you changed your opinion on any of the house guests? Um, well, I haven't watched the entire season. I don't know that I'm going to get to watch the entire season through and through. I've watched uh, sort of just some episodes periodically and just been trying to take in all the really high points that I had. But um, have I changed my opinion on any house guests? Um, I think maybe the the one that I really was like throughout the entire experience was I knew he was a very very smart and sharp person but I didn't realize how far he would go to like scheme and manipulate and stuff with Tim as somebody that I really underestimated and somebody that I definitely got a different perspective from with uh, how he how hard he was playing and how many deals he was in and how how much he was just like really really playing the game as a huge master manipulator. I did oh, not yeah. see him as, I did not see him as some, I knew he was somebody who was in with a lot of people who had a lot of influence, but I didn't know um, how, how far he would go and how he would just like want to give up his game for certain people and then sort of like automatically be, be done with, with other people just on a few different assumptions and observations that he made. So that. Tim is probably the one that surprised me the most. Interesting. Now, did you um, watch Big Brother uh, Australia or Big Brother UK where you know who no. they were when they came in the house? 
No, I had absolutely no idea. The only uh, potential house guest when we knew we were getting some international that I knew of was Jace. And I'm sure Jace is a great person now and a great person in real life. But I knew Jace from season five and from uh, Big Brother All-Stars. And I knew how he was sort of like uh, always acted, at least on TV, as the cool guy wanted to be the rock star who was sort of like the center of attention kind of thing. And if that was the way he was going to be going into Big Brother Canada, then I'm actually kind of grateful that he wasn't uh, in the house because not only did he know how to play the game, but he probably could have like recognized me right away and been like, hey, guys, this is like a Steve Moses. This is an Ian Terry. We have to watch out yeah. for this person. Otherwise, you, we let somebody like this go past week two, week three or so, then they're very, very dangerous players. So um, I'm was thankful that uh, Jace didn't come into the house. Maybe he would have played differently, but just from what I knew of him in past seasons and how well he knew the Big Brother Canada concept, because it's not different than the Big Brother US concept, really. So I was thankful in everything I knew about Jace that he didn't go in. Yeah, well, you know, you, you don't really know because Tim Tim was really kind of hardcore too. So it's like, you you know, did you get the best of both worlds with not getting Jace? Because you know, Tim did play a very sneaky, uh, yeah. mindful game, and um, like you said, you you were a little bit surprised by that. Now, on the other aspect of it, there's Nikki, and right. let's talk about Epic <laughs> right there. I mean, your wifey. <laughs> You you know, I, it, how epic was she like? Was she like that all the time? Because she's hilarious. Yeah, she was pretty much a ticking time bomb from the moment that she walked in there. Uh, there first off, there was a lot of people in there right when the, we found out that there were two more house guests joining us that were going to play the Big Brother Canada game. A lot of people's heads just like sunk and were just like, oh, this is ridiculous. Now our chances of winning just got that much worse because because of these two people and Nikki just got a really bad vibe from people right from the moment she walked in. I don't know if the vibe would have changed um, how moody she was in there, but she was um, very, very could be, she could, I'm sure from a TV standpoint, she was a lot of entertainment, but just from a game standpoint, she was a huge nightmare just because you really had to be so careful with how you were talking to her. You could literally just be, like um, you could be picking your nose and not even knowing it. And she'll, and if you're on the block, she might use that and be like, okay, well I'm voting for this person now because they're disgusting or I'm voting for them because, you know, they didn't shower this morning or something like that. It could be something as simple as that or them like not washing the dishes and that she would use that as strategy. So she was a huge, uh, she was a huge challenge from a game standpoint to try to, get her on uh, your side but from she was in quotations a wild card she was a huge she was the definition of a wild card no question but at the same time she was somebody that uh, made things very very interesting in there so you were never bored when uh, once Nikki came in there the boredom stopped for a little bit because she would randomly throw these tantrums and have a whole bunch of conflict with a lot of people that it at least like kept you entertained. Yes, very entertaining to say the least. Um, what would you say was the highlight, like um, moment-wise in the house um, that would be your number one? I mean, there was a lot of different moments, but what was your favorite moment in the house? 
That's hard because I think there there's a lot of points where um, I I got a lot of good good time in there and I was picked on a lot for missions. I won a head of household competition. I was like the person who was like at the center of not necessarily like the plotting and scheming like a Mitch, but I was always the person that people would come to. So I was always the person who had all this power in my hands um, for like practically every single eviction, which was very, very interesting. But um, I would say the one moment, if I can think of uh, one thing off the top of my head that really stands out, it's probably day 21 when not only was I literally the one in the spotlight that cast the deciding vote that helped save Cassandra uh, in the vote off with Christine, so not only did okay. I have all that attention on me on that particular day because Tim switched his vote at the last minute and then Levita put all the pressure on me to try to switch again and get Cassandra off. But uh, so I had all that pressure on me on that particular day. And then later on in that day was the head of household competition, the locked lips that me and Mitch won. And then me getting the head of household where me and Mitch elaborately planned that I was going to win the head of household and we planned that I was going to win a rock, paper, scissors and everybody was completely oblivious to that. And uh, just getting the head of household room, getting the letter, seeing everybody like completely freak out and because nobody knew where the heck I stood in the house. So that was actually a pretty cool thing. I didn't realize how much people were just like so frantic and scared and unsure and on edge. So that day, just from from all that pressure to the high of getting the letter to winning that competition, that day uh, probably stands out to me more than anything. Oh my God, that must have been such an epic day for you. I mean, what a, a roller coaster of emotions you must have been having, especially um, getting the letter and, and um, being able to hear from your family. And then you actually, which one thing that I loved is you guys actually got to have your family in the house. How awesome yes. was that? How awesome oh, was that? Oh, you know I was crying. Because, you know what? It's it's funny because uh, I was always talking uh, with house guests throughout my time in there about like, oh, you know what? Big Brother sometimes does things uh, like Big Brother Canada does things sometimes a little bit sort of survivor style where, you know, in season two they had the hidden veto, which is, you know, pretty much the same thing as uh, finding the hidden immunity idol on Survivor. And I was like, you know what? But one thing they haven't ever done on Big Brother Canada before is have like a loved ones thing because they have that on Survivor sometimes where for the loved ones visit, they'll have the contestant and the loved one compete in some sort of a challenge. And like when we were like, hey, house guests, it's time for the head of household thing. And it was our loved ones. I was like, oh my God, I should be like an oracle or something like that for this. So that was uh, a pretty, pretty intense moment because not only were we down to seven people at that point so there was so much on the line for uh myself for uh tim and for cassandra and for nikki because those were the four that i was closely aligned with and those were one of the i wanted one of us to win that head of household competition at that point so not only was uh there a lot of pressure for them to win but just you get caught up in in all that when you don't see them for so long you don't realize how much even just like seeing them on a screen or you know them giving you a little like letter from home even just like one or two words how much you get really like choked up and how much you really miss them because like when you're in there your every day feels so much longer like I think I was around like day around the 50 to 60 day mark around that point when the loved ones 
uh, competed in that challenge, and it felt like I'd been in there for like close to a year. So to be away yeah. from your loved ones for that long, it was just so just like that day 21, just such a roller coaster of emotion. Because on one hand, you're choked up and you're almost in tears, just like seeing them there on the screen. But at the same time, you're like, oh, freaking win, all right? Yeah, that must have been so intense. I mean, I w- I was feeling what you guys were feeling and it was just so amazing to see you know you people that you've talked about you know like your mom and your brother and your father and your sister and to see the actual person in front of you um you know you you get that kind of extra more bond with with the people in the house and and meeting their family and stuff and it was just so awesome to watch that I thought that that was great for big brother to do that um now being out of the house um and being with your family and friends and stuff, how how has that been? I mean, um, I know that you, you're being recognized everywhere, but you know, how is home life now? Uh, it's it's good. I think it was it was good to have uh, a loved one there to experience some of the hell that I had gone through throughout that time there, because I can like now talk to my mom. It's one thing to uh, to go out there and to describe it to your family because everybody is all like, well, how did you handle slop? How were you able to sleep on the floor? How were you able to handle all these people scheming and backstabbing and stuff? But when you, we had a loved one there who experienced pressures that we were going through, uh, it, it made it a little bit easier to come home and to talk to, to people like my mom. And I'm sure my mom when she got back and talked to my dad about how the competition went and how I was doing and stuff was probably grew to appreciate uh, the game a lot more because there's, they don't really understand what we go through in there, but uh, it's, it was definitely, uh, it's been good to come back and talk to family and give them uh, sort of tell them everything that went on because they're, But at the same time, it helps when there was somebody there who is your loved one who can relate to what you were going through. Because my mom had a lot of pressure on her throughout that challenge too. So it's it's been it's been very nice. Yeah, and that must have been interesting because you try to explain to people like you know because people are like why'd you do this why'd you do that and you're like you really don't know it's like an overall no. thing just living in the house and you compete with these people you eat with these people you sleep with these people you do laundry you you know and it's you know you're all there right. for a game and in the long run you know you're all competing and and one person's left standing so um, yeah. to have that experience is amazing. Um, so you you said you watched a little bit of uh, your season so far. Are, are you planning on watching everything? Because I know you lived it, you went through it, but what they show, um, you know, uh, edited and um, different people saying stuff in the diary room, are, are you planning on watching it all, or have you started and you just haven't finished? Yeah, you know what? I've watched about uh, mid, up, up around to the midway point, so right around the time when jury starts is up to – uh, where I've watched. Well, I've watched the whole thing. There's definitely uh, points from Final Five all the way to the end that are still uh, a little raw for me, still a little painful to uh, to watch and, and to see. So those ones I'm definitely going to put off uh, just because I, I don't want to like, I don't want to have to take myself to to a place like that again. But I'm trying to focus as much as I can on uh, the positives. And there was a lot of really, really big highs for me for the first 
uh, first half, even further than that, all the way up to maybe about uh, final six or final five. I had a lot of really, really strong moments in there. So um, I'm trying as best I can to just focus on on all the positive stuff. There might be a point where I will want to rewatch uh, those other seasons, or not the other seasons, the other uh, at that, just out of curiosity to see where um, to see how things sort of shook down afterwards in Final Five, because it's one thing for when Cass and Tim stuff walk out to tell you all these things, but it's another thing when you're actually like sitting it and watching it. But um, yeah, I'm just going to, as best I can, focus on as many of the, the positive moments. And there was a lot of good, good moments, to, and I'm happy with the way that I've been edited thus far in the show. Well, Joel, I'll tell you this. I watched little snippets of, you know, certain things that happened in my season, but it took me four years to yeah. watch my season. And, uh, you know, you watch it and you, you get all wrapped up into it and you get those emotions back and you get crazy and you're like, oh, my God, why did I do yeah. this? Why did I do that? And it's like you don't kind of want right. to put yourself back there in that moment. But no. um, I know you said Tim was a little bit of a shock to you. Is there anything that anybody said in the diary room or anything that anybody did that you didn't know that was kind of a, a surprise besides Tim? Um, mm, I mean... Not really, because I I knew how I knew Cass was a bit of a firecracker, and I knew I knew she w- had such a big personality, and it was definitely shown a lot in the diary room. So I don't think uh, who Cassandra was in the house was any different than who she was when you see her in her diary room talks. Um, other than that, no, nah, not really. Nick and Phil have a few little things where they try to like copy some past house guests and act like they're yeah. cool by saying the word saying the word dingus which is stealing Zach or like that stupid phone call that they had where they tried to be Showtime. all cool like Will and Boogie and things like that so it doesn't really surprise me because they were uh, people that were really really trying hard I felt throughout their time in the house to be entertaining and it was almost like a substitute teacher or like an actor or something like that who's so desperate to get approval and so desperate to be attention that they'll just say and do like the craziest things or think like, okay, well this translated really well with fans from this house guest. So I'll just copy this. So that didn't really surprise me that they did that. So the only person that I was really, um, I guess a little bit surprised with, with um, how well they actually like knew they knew the game and stuff. And some of the DR things they've been saying was probably Tim, but yeah. nobody else really. Yeah. Yeah. So how was the jury house for you? Like, uh, do, was it eventful? Was it kind of like everybody was just kind of relaxed? I know my season, we got the alcohol taken away in the jury house because we, the game was still on for us. Whether we were in the house or not, yep. we were still in that yep. mode. How was the jury house for you guys? Um, I mean, the jury house, I think for most people, they seem to be getting along well. Everybody seemed to be like, um, okay with their position and stuff. For me, to be perfectly honest, it was very, very bittersweet to be in there because I, I'd been in the house for 70 days and I legitimately felt that once it got to about final seven or so was when I kind of like in my head played out uh, the picture and who was on whose side and everything like that and where my position was. And then I said to myself, well, like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I can like, I don't necessarily need to win. I legitimately was like, okay, I'm pretty well covered at this point. So 
for for it to just like collapse after final five and going to jury i was very it was it was very hard for me to get out of the game knowing how close i was and knowing that i i felt like i legitimately had a very very good chance of winning in a final two situation with anybody there so it took me it took me a while to really um decompress and just be like okay I'm enduring now. The game's over for me. But it was a very hard juggling act because it took me at least a couple of days to just be like, all right, you didn't win, so that's that's that. You you didn't win, but you be proud of how you played and everything. And then and then we had the jury deliberations and everything like that. So it's like, okay, you kind of have to put yourself back into the game mode and be like, okay, who legitimately like deserves to win the game at this point? So uh, it was a very um, hard, hard juggling act because um, you were, it took me a long time to just, to just accept the fact that I wasn't in the game anymore and then you had to be in the game again for yeah, uh, you had, had to, to pick talk a winner. with the deliberation and you had to pick a winner and things like that and Ugh. in my mind the entire time when it was getting down to finale time, all I was thinking was that I hope it's like Tim or Cassandra that is in there because then it'll make my decision um an easy decision if it's one of those two in the finals. Yeah, that must have been a bummer when you saw uh, um, them coming in the jury house. You must have been like, oh, no. I mean, I, I was. it's still a game after, and you, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. You just, you're just you hoping and w- wishing that it's the person that took you out or, you know, right. that, you know, touche, but it doesn't end up being like right. that sometimes. No, it's not. And it was very disappointing because, like, I think me and Cassandra legitimately felt like we were the people that were playing the smartest game at that point. My game maybe wasn't necessarily as flashy uh, on camera, and I'm sure Cassandra probably got a lot more edit time than I did, but we both had had a role and we were we were one of the few people that were in there that were always thinking strategically from the day we walked into the house until the day we walked out of the house so seeing her walk out uh during for the jury deliberations when they were like there's another house guest joining us was really really deflating for me and then seeing tim walk out at uh final three and then finding out that he had like literally whether it's true or not according to him he had just given up and stuff completely sank and I just had such a sense of disappointment not only in the fact that I would have to pick between uh those two as final two but at the same time that um somebody had like somebody who had played such a strong game and was with me for so long had just like thrown in the towel supposedly at that point so it was a very very deflating feeling when I saw Cassandra and then Tim walk in Right oh, after believe her. me, we so. were all deflated. Uh, we were all like, yeah. I'm sure as uh, everybody else, I was throwing my popcorn bag on the t- against the TV because I was yeah. like, no, Tim, no, 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 you know, and it was just so confusing, I think, for a lot of us because it was like, you know, um, the kind of, he had like a breakdown near the end with the, the Cassandra fight and, yeah. um and then he just gave up at the end, you know, so it was, it was, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you know, that house is just, it will swallow you alive, you know, and, um, it, it, one second, you know, everything can turn. Um, I do want to say though, Joel, your house was really cool. I want to say that (laughs) by far one of my favorite big brother house, 
uh, houses out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like to gamble myself, so I like the whole, you know, casino thing. And uh, how was the house inside being in there? I mean, was it as amazing as we saw it? Uh, you know what? I would say for the inside of the house, yes. It's like the kitchen area, the high roller room, the fact that there were two rooms, which I think is a first definitely in Big Brother Canada history. I don't know about Big Brother U.S. history, but it's very rare that um, there's, it's not, it's not just like a dozen beds or something like that, just in one room. So for it to like separate in between, uh, two rooms and then have the HOH and the have not room was, uh, was interesting. But, um, yeah, in terms of the outside, all, all the, all the rooms were great. The BB can grand theme, the jackpot alarm going off the pantry area, everything on the inside was good. The outside was a little odd and interesting to me because it didn't really seem like there was much of an effort made to even like design any sort of a backyard. There was a pool area and there was a hot tub and stuff, but I've never seen it before in Big Brother where they don't even just have like artificial, artificial grass or anything outside and make it look a little like outdoorsy or things like that. So it was interesting that they just were just like, all right, you're just walking into uh, like uh, any sort of a normal place and just a solid floor outside and there's nothing else. It just, the, the outside area left a little bit to be desired for me. The inside though was very, very delightful. Yeah. I loved, I mean, I just loved everything about it. And I loved the, um, the, uh, the HOH picking, you know, moving the, uh, the cards and um, locking it in oh, yeah. and bringing the, the plane. I, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, what was your thoughts? Because, you know, this is, hasn't really been seen in um, Big Brother U.S. Was the double fake eviction and then having LaVita and Kelsey live in a room together and watching you guys. How did you guys feel finding that out? That must have been kind of crazy. That was extremely crazy because on one hand, I was like, okay, there's uh, LaVita who 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 is there and Lavita is somebody who just from a personal standpoint I absolutely adore I think Lavita really got uh hated on a lot by people in there and for my money it was very unfairly a lot of people uh painted her in the a lot of people in the house I don't think a lot of people in the house painted her this way but a lot of people in the house painted her as somebody who was such a schemer and just such just like a devilish type person and and all she was doing was just like seeing the entire game as a board game which is what you would expect from someone when you're playing a game like that is you say okay these are the pieces on the board. This is my competition. These are people who I need to eliminate. How do I eliminate these people? And everybody in there was so personal about their games and playing so emotionally that they saw, like, from the very beginning when LaVita nominated Paige and Kelsey as, like, oh, she's just such a horrible person. Kelsey was so nice to her, and she's just such a bad person. So, uh, LaVita, I was excited just on a personal level to see her. Uh, Kelsey, uh, I was a little bit less excited to see because I know that I was the one who had the hand in uh, getting her kicked off in the first place. At the same time, I knew that I had left with a good relationship with Kelsey, that if it was Kelsey who was going back into the house, that it wasn't going to hurt my game quite as badly as I felt like it was going to hurt other people's games in there. So, um, I mean, it's definitely you don't like to – you don't like to have your head of household 
be like a complete waste, especially with me when I felt like I was the first one to step up and make a big move in the game. So it's a little disappointing on that end. But at the same time, I was like, okay, this isn't the worst thing in the world to have um, somebody come back into the house. But it was definitely a first. So. Yeah. yeah, and I was a big Levita fan. I really wish that she stayed in the house longer to see what she would have done. Yeah. I mean, I think that she was playing the game, and people were like, yeah. whoa, it's too soon. Well, no, we're in the house. Day one, the minute you step your foot in the house, the game is on people. And Absolutely. they were just like, all, it was kind of like high school for me. That's what I felt like, you know, at first. And then when they were telling you or that they were literally pointing their finger at you, telling you that you got manipulated by LaVita to put your HOHs up, and they didn't give you kind of any um, uh, reward or the fact that, that that was your HOH, you won, and that was your decision, which at that point I was like, okay, it, Joel definitely made his decision and he was making it for his alliance. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I was like, I'm team Joel. So if they want to think that, that might help out Joel be safe next week after these nominations that he makes, because they, they think that he's not that you're a weak person, but that it wasn't your right. decision. So they might have overlooked that, overshadowed it, and and that sure. helped you stay in longer. But I was like, you know, give him some props. I mean, that was his HOH, and I think that you definitely made um, a big move, and it was it was an awesome move, and you just didn't get the recognition for it. So it was kind of like a right. double-edged sword, you know. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think that LaVita manipulated you, but that's what they, in their mind, had it set for. And they were out yeah. to get her. Period in the story. Yep, agreed, for sure. You know, and uh, and I mean, it it obviously it worked out in my in my benefit. The fact that I took like zero heat whatsoever for that head of household uh, reign, but at the same time, you know, another side of you when you're playing the game is just like you know what? Look at the track record until that point. I had not been while I was very close with Lavita and knew that she was on my side. I did not vote the way that she wanted me to every single time. Does that mean that we were just all bets were off between us? No, but like I voted to keep Kelsey. She obviously wanted Paige to leave, but I think my track record going in before that shows that I always made my own individual decisions and I wasn't always doing it because somebody else told me to do something. I was making decisions for my own personal game. When I voted to keep Cassandra, I voted in to keep Cassandra because I knew Cassandra had my back and was a number on my side. And at the same time, Levita, while she was adamant about getting Cassandra out, was like, you know what? Uh, I voted against her because I knew that those two would be against each other. But at the same time, I knew both of them still had my back and legitimately felt like I was so close with either with both of them. So it only made sense for me to do that. So if you look at my track record throughout, it was a bit of an, an insult for them to think that I was being controlled by somebody else in there because my actions spoke throughout the game and up until that point for sure that I did not do what anybody else told me to do no matter who I was aligned with. I made the best decision for my own personal self because I always saw it as an individual game and how is it best for me to advance as an individual in this game. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it, this season definitely was people playing for themselves, which I like. I hate the 
okay, house, we're all going to vote for this person. You know, we're all gonna, I like the fact that you guys did what was best for you um, and yeah. in, in voting-wise. Um, I, I, the one thing that I wanted to know your opinion about, um, which I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of us were really shocked to see, was, uh, you know, a little bit that kind of screwed you over a little bit because it, it, it put LaVita and got her backdoored, was Maddie's decision to put LaVita up and, and backdoor yeah. her. Um, did you discuss with her? Did you, did you guys have time to talk um, with her and, and try to call her off the ledge? I mean, I don't know what Maddie we, was thinking, but at that point, she screwed her game up. Oh, 100% she did. And it's funny because, like, even before, even right after uh, Maddie had, after Jared had been pulled off the block and after Maddie had put Levita up, I think she should have like stopped and because in her words, when she put Levita up, she pretty much like um, said to everybody like, Hey, this was one of the stupidest moves ever because she put Levita up and she said, she said something along the lines of like, I know you're in my corner. I know you, I know you're not going against me, but I'm here to win a hundred thousand dollars. Well, guess what? There's like somebody who's in your corner and you need, allies and people that are in your quarter to get to that hundred thousand dollar mark to be just like completely jumping ship to isolate uh people like dallas people that were in your court the entire time like people like dallas people like la vida and stuff like that like you're just like making so many more enemies and you're getting rid of an ally and you had already like pissed two people off like how can you expect somebody like raul and jared who you just put up to just all of a sudden wipe the slate clean and be like, oh, you know what? I backdoored, I backdoored Levita, though, one of my allies. Like, that makes you even, like, more of a target and makes people question you even more, the fact that you went against your alliance and you put up two big players who are very likely to win competitions down the line. So it was uh, extremely puzzling for Maddie to do that. In terms of talking her down, uh, Dallas and I, when we – heard rumblings literally like as soon as Nick won the power of veto it was like guys we're putting up Levita we're getting up Levita and me and Dallas uh pulled Maddie aside and we're like Maddie are you out of your mind there's no way that it makes any sense in the world to do that and she was like well then everybody's gonna be but she she was like but then everybody's gonna be after me and we said who everybody's not gonna be after you Raul's gonna be after you there's gonna be one person that is gonna be after you and all due respect to Raul, he was a great competitor in that game, but Raul's strategic sense in the game was not his strong suit. So I don't think Raul could have been able to spin things around and to get a number of people like Dallas, like myself, like Lavita and others to change our mind and to not back up Maddie at that point. So it just, it, me and Dallas talked to her and was like, you know what? Sure, you're going to have one of them left, but at the same time, look at it through a numbers perspective type of thing. Would you rather have just one person mad at you? Because it's impossible to be head of household and not have somebody mad at you at the end of the day. Would you rather have just one person mad at you, or would you rather have Jared mad at you, Raul mad at you, me mad at you, Dallas mad at you? You're just like, look at it through a numbers perspective. You're going to have a lot more people questioning you if you do that, whereas like when you put up Jared and Raul, people were like, okay, that makes sense because Maddie was clearly defined on the other side with Dallas and Ramsey and Levita in there as well. So it would make sense from the other side. So would they be happy about that? No, but like it would make a lot more sense and they wouldn't have so many question marks in their head about like, where the heck is Maddie at? 
So yeah, it was just me and Dallas did it our best crazy. in the moment. We didn't it have was enough, crazy. We didn't, we, yeah, we just didn't have enough time really to just like if we had had like an entire week or something like that to maybe talk to Maddie, then maybe she could have been like talked down from the ledge. But at the same time, Maddie was somebody who was so crazy and erratic. And uh, I don't know. I think she also like kind of thrived off of like getting some sort of a fame and thinking she'd get some sort of a props to like make a big move like this because like Levita was a big player in the house, but at the same time, is it a big move when you're getting rid of somebody when you're getting rid of your, one of your own alliance members, even if they have shown that they're a big competitive threat, a big strategic threat? Is that a big move? I don't know. No, not really when the numbers so. are that. It was too early to do something like that, number one. Number two, yeah. she single-handedly broke apart your alliance because after that, it was like the black cloud stayed, and and you yeah. guys had to fight every week to stay in that house. That's number, number two. Number three, yeah. she put herself in the position where that side of the house that she wasn't on thinks she's a, a – an idiot because she went and did that. And then the, the other side that she was on thinks she's an idiot. So she actually gained right. more enemies than anything. And, you yep. know, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, this one person single-handedly kind of ruined the game for a lot of you guys, you know, yep. and I understand that house is crazy. Kind of, I do, but yep. I, I don't understand that yep. move so early, Joel. Yeah. At, at the same time though, for, for me, it kind of, in a weird way, it um, it had me just being like, you know what? The move that I made to go after Kelsey and Raul uh, was actually a very smart move because a lot of people were looking at me as like, why do I? Why don't I put up one person from each side, from the Dallas crew and from the Jared crew, or why don't I put up just like two from the Dallas crew, maybe or something like that? But it made when that move happened as irritating uh, as irritated as I was, the fact that Lavita was out the door. Um, I said to myself, you know what? My move the last week even makes more sense because my logic behind um, the move, the number one uh, factor that got me to go after Kelsey and Raul first instead of uh, Dallas and Maddie, who were my other two considerations, was the fact that I knew, like I had said in my nomination thing, that the Kelsey, Jared, and Raul side of things were an unbreakable bond. And I had a pretty good feeling that um, while I knew Ramsey, Dallas, and Maddie were in an alliance, I felt like there were a lot more cracks in that alliance. And that double eviction thing proved it, that there are a lot of cracks within, there were a yeah. lot of cracks within that alliance. So that to me was like, okay, Joel, uh, it sucks that Levita's out, but clearly your move before was the smarter move and that proved it. Yeah, and you were you were going with the flow. I mean, you weren't doing something outrageous. It was they were being kind of the focus. You know, it was like the Levita take on the Kelsey, and they were what people mm-hmm. were talking about. So it wouldn't be yeah. weird for them to go up. Now, when you just kind of like throw your own alliance member and look, oh, I threw up somebody. It, it to me, it was just so crazy, and I and I and I hated it because I think that it really kind of set the stone for you guys and you guys really at that point had to fight and had to win um at that point to 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 make it each week you guys had to do that and uh um you guys did for a long time but at the at the end the numbers caught up you know and it's all a numbers game it's all a numbers game and Mm -hmm. um cheapers joe you know you always wonder what what would have 
would be different, you know. And I, really quick, um, we, we're lo- we're running out of time. How long of a discussion did you guys have deciding who was going to come back, Kelsey or or uh, Lavida? Because for for us, we looked at it and it was like, why didn't people fight for Lavida to come in? How long did you yeah. guys deliberate? Oh, it was it was pretty short. I would say maybe about uh, twenty minutes or so, if if that long. It was honestly there were so many uh, middle ground players at that point, and then there was erratic people like Maddie and stuff like that. There was just too many people in there that didn't want to speak up and expose their game too much. I think it's I think there was a little clip of me being like, "Hey guys, like don't be all." bad and sore about Levita because Levita actually is a good person. I think Maddie mentioned something too, but Maddie also like said a lot of crap about Levita before saying that one, uh, the one or two statements about uh, Levita. Uh, it was just a question of like, everybody knew where Jared and uh, where Jared and Raul stood and that they, so it made sense for them to speak up and be like, yeah, 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 Kelsey. It didn't make as much sense for people uh, that were riding the middle, people like the brothers, people like Mitch, uh, people like Tim and Nikki and stuff like that who weren't like clearly defined at that point on one particular side. So for them, it was just kind of like, okay, we don't want to speak up too much and show our cards uh, which way we're going. So we're just going to like go along with the uh, majority. For myself, the only, well, I guess the only person that, where it would have been an elaborate discussion and taken a lot longer was Dallas, because Dallas is somebody that just doesn't care, and that kind of maybe was a bit of a detriment in the game, but Dallas is somebody that would have said, would have put his foot down and said, you know what, Levita's coming back in. I don't care if every single person here wants Kelsey back in. Levita is uh, going. I'm keeping Levita in this house. So it was maybe about a 15 to 20 minute conversation that, and there was just too many people that didn't want to speak up for fear that it would affect their game and show their cards. They didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I understand. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know, like if, you know, there was like a, you know, five to four vote in, you know, you know, you guys were going back and forth or if it was like, you know, uh, somebody well, said, let's it had bring be, Kelsey back, and everybody had, was like, fine, yeah. yeah. Well, it had to be a unanimous decision, but at the same time, if it had been something else, like uh, when they had season nine of Big Brother, I believe they had like just a vote in the diary room for who was going to come back, James or yeah. Mystery Box was going to be two of them. If it had been something like that, then I can I bet you LaVita probably would have come back in. That was the only possible situation where Kelsey would have come back in, in my opinion, was a house thing like that where the house decides and everybody else is too afraid to speak up. I believe I, you never know what Canada is thinking in some of the votes and stuff, but I believe Canada probably would have voted Levita back in over Kelsey. And I believe that uh, had it been, all right, everybody go to the diary room and cast a vote for who you want back in the house. If that was the case, then I think Levita would have come back in. So that's the only situation where I think Kelsey could have come back in the house. I wish they would have done that because I'll be honest with you. I think that it would have been Levita both ways, whether it was you guys voting or Canada voting. I didn't like yep. that. It was let's talk amongst ourselves and, and let's make it unanimous. Like what happens if you guys didn't, what happens if you guys were like, no, I, I want Levita to come back. Like what would they have done at that point? Uh, they would have kept going, I guess, until uh, there was a decision. I mean, it's, it was similar to, 
season three of Big Brother Canada where it was at the final three where they had to vote off a jury member. And from what I had been heard, what I'd heard about that point, it actually did take probably at least like uh, eight or nine hours or something like that for them to deliberate and for them to just be like, all right, fine, we're going to all just decide to vote out Jordan. So uh, there was a lot more on the line at that point. But at the same time, uh, it's a different stage of the game. When you're at final three, it doesn't matter when you're showing if you're showing your cards or being more vocal and adamant and stuff at the point where we were at at the game which was around the midway point of the game there's still uh you you don't want to show everything and you don't want to vocalize uh where you stand all the time because there's a lot of people who like myself were playing uh quieter games under the radar games and weren't interested in like showing people which way i stood one way or the other for fear that i could like uh, hurt my game down the road. So um, it, I mean, if it had been any sort of a, a private situation, then they would have definitely been a different result. But, yeah, and I, I would have liked somebody personal, to I, have been like, oh, let's keep yeah. LaVita because she is right. on everyone's shit list. She, right. at this point, her own alliance member turned on her. Why would we bring yeah. Kelsey back when it's a numbers yeah. game and we're dwindling down and we know that she's got Raul, we know that she's got Jared. That's three right there. Yeah. Whether she's got them all together, she still has yeah. at least two people. I would have probably yep. tried to use that like neutral kind of thing. Like, no, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm thinking game-wise, we can get her in the house and we know that you know she's an easy person to put up and you won't get the backlash yep. from it, right? Was that discussed? Right. Yeah, yeah, there there was a little bit of discussion with that. I believe Tim or Mitch had brought up something something along those lines, but uh, at the same time, nobody really like pushed too hard one way or the other to just be like, you know what? Uh, no, Levita's coming back in for this reason, and then it was basically like the topic was brought up, and then it was just kind of like, all right, but but that's it. We're not gonna like push too hard either way so uh, I think Mitch had brought it up but Mitch is somebody who was so careful he'll always bring up and be like I'll support this and I'm good with this but at the same time you have to keep in mind that this could happen or this could happen so Mitch is Mitch was very good in how he was speaking to people that he didn't he didn't like confirm or deny and he wasn't like I'm for this or I'm against this he would say I'm for this but at the same time I'm against this so Mitch I believe brought it up and had a uh, small little thing like that where it was like, well, guys, uh, somebody is going to regret this, but that's the way the game goes. And like yeah, nobody I mean, was really interested in being like, well, I'm the one that's going to stick my neck out there. Yeah, because either way, I mean, a lot of people could have had the, the goods and the bads. So, um, sure. you know, and we've seen that Kelsey made it to uh, the finals. So... Yep. Uh, I wonder what would happen if Levita came in. But I, I would have thought that they would have had Canada, you know, kind of like they were doing like the wild card kind of thing. Um, or, yep. or like you said, having it to be uh, you guys in the diary room. I was a little bit surprised that they had you guys all together. But I think that, you know, they knew what they were doing with that. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that, was, that was interesting. Um, well, we, we've definitely covered a lot of ground, but I, I did want to ask you real quick also, um, you know, you just got out of the, the Big Brother Canada um, house, you went into the jury, then you got out, and then you went to 
the finale and you were able to attend the finale party and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that's where I got to meet you and we got to speak our, our own language, yes. Mia Moore. Si, mm-hmm. Mia Moore, como estas? Mia bueno? Moore, como se llama? Si. Yeah. As far as. Yes. Uh, yeah, no. Was How was that experience, like being with all the past Big Brother, um, Canada, and then you threw some U.S. people in there? How was that? Yeah. It was super insane. Honestly, these are people that I've watched on my TV screen for so long. They're people that I really looked up to, uh, you know, people, people who were – uh, people, a lot of them who I could kind of connect with in, in a weird kind of way. People like Johnny Mac, who uh, who was a little bit crazy, but who just owned who he was. People like Jason, people like yourself, uh, people like Eric, who I absolutely like, uh, loved way back in, in season eight. These uh, fun, quirky, neurotic people of all these different walks of life. That's the, like what made me fall in love with the show. So it was pretty surreal to to get to see all these other uh, Big Brother people up close and personal. And not only that, but to have so many of them just, like, have so many endearing things to say just about me as a person, how I translated to them on the screen. Because at that point, we hadn't seen any of the episodes of the show. So I was just, like, people like Kevin and stuff coming up to me and telling me that I just played an amazing game and that I was, you know, so heartwarming to watch. And people like Ashley and even, like, on the sideshow, people like... Peter, who's notorious for just like ripping people's game for somebody like Peter, who I had a lot of admiration for who he was as a person, as a game player to tell me that I played like a textbook uh, big brother game and that I was just like fantastic in riding the middle. It was very, very overwhelming, but very overwhelming in a good way that really, really touched my heart. So it was, it was a great, great thing to, to see all these people and, to you know, get, get that sort of awe thing for a little bit, but then know that they're all regular people. And at the same time that they had such an appreciation for who I was and how I played was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. It must've been um, a very overwhelming probably, uh, but Mm-hmm. You you got so much love, um, and Peter Brown. I mean, I watched the sideshow, and he talks shit about a lot of you know you know people's game decisions yeah. and stuff, just like we all do. But he sure. loved Joel, loved Joel. I know we all loved Joel. We couldn't get enough of Joel. I love Joel. Uh-huh. I love uh-huh. him too. He's a pretty cool guy. He's not bad. He's got Me he's got too. a lot of endearing qualities about him. I don't mind. The Cherry guy. loves Joel too. Cherry's been all quiet over there listening, <laughs> like probably eat, it's, uh, eating her popcorn, sipping on some tea, just listening. Come on, Cherry. <laughs> Cherry, you, you got something right. to ask or say to uh, to Keep Mr. Joel because he's right here. Give him the love, Cherry. Come on. I adore Joel. I mean, he he really made the game interesting, and I think everybody loved Joel. You know, he was just one of those guys that you know you just couldn't resist him. He 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 was kind of like that guy next door that everybody loves. And I don't know if we have time. We we could play a little Manic Monday Imagine If if you want to. Yeah, sure. Oh, what's that? No replacement yeah. nominee. No replacement yeah. nominee roulette. <laughs> shut up, Joe. <laughs> shut, shut up. Okay, no. <laughs> Oh gosh, go ahead, okay. Cherry. What's the game? Okay. Well, we'll see Let's what Cherry see has here. up her sleeve. She always has good games, Joe. So be prepared, oh. Russian roulette style. Oh. You never know what's gonna happen. 
Sweet. Let's see. Let's say that Manic Monday, imagine if Cassandra wore a shirt, which one would she be? Would she be a Boeing shirt, a Hawaiian shirt, a T-shirt, a tie-dye shirt, a muscle shirt, or a dress shirt? Ooh. What shirt would Cassandra be? Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say a dress shirt just because, um, she's somebody, like, she didn't, she didn't dress super, super, like, like, for a black tie event all the time when she was in the house, but she's somebody who, uh, is, I think is a very high maintenance person, somebody who, um, you know, is a very confident, and I could see her being, like, sort of somebody who is in politics or somebody who has like sort of an executive job at some point. She just has that confidence about her that I would say she would be probably a dress shirt of any of those because she's got the confidence and the ego to back it up that she thinks that she's just like super, super high class and things like that. And that's great. I love that about Cass. Cass is a super awesome person. But uh, if I was to pick any of them, she would probably be, that uh, super classy person, so the dress shirt. See, she would probably okay. put, like, a belt, a belt with it, and she probably would, like, cut, like, <laughs> fringes in the dress shirt. That's what I could see it, but that was a good choice, Joel. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Next up, So Joy. let's say, Max Monday, imagine if, uh, let's throw this one to Maddie. Let's say, Manic Monday, imagine if Maddie were an animal, which one would she be? A lion, a rabbit, a guppy, a dinosaur, a meerkat, or a teddy bear? Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, that's hard. I would say, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I want to say a lion just because she was just like, so ferocious and intense, but at the same time, lions have like a bit of a calming presence to them. They're very calculated in if they're like stalking prey or things like that. And they have a lot of like pride and stuff like that. And I don't know necessarily how much uh, Maddie has of that. She's somebody who seems to just be very erratic. So that doesn't really translate to, uh, to a lion. I mean, in terms of like the, fire that she brings uh definitely a lion um i don't know i guess i guess maybe a meerkat just because like from what i know of meerkats and i don't know all that much my knowledge of meerkats is basically the lion king so uh, <laughs> i love the lion like, king yeah i love the lion king but uh yeah i don't know i guess uh timon talked a lot and uh he just like spewed off jokes and things like that all the time, and sometimes he didn't know when to like stop. So I'll I'll say a meerkat just for the sheer fact that I'm going on the fact that every meerkat is like the meerkat that was depicted on The Lion King. <laughs> okay, good, good, good answer. Okay, thanks. And I like but she definitely has a lot now. of fire and intensity, like a lion. Yes, she does. Let's say. Yes. Um, Let's throw this one to Dallas. Manic Monday imagine okay. if Dallas wore a pickup line, would he be simply hi? Come here no. often. Say, are you a model? Are you tired? You've been running around my mind all day long. 
<laughs> What's your sign? <laughs> this isn't a beer belly. It's a fuel tank for a love machine. Yeah, definitely the last one, fuel tank for a love machine. Dallas is somebody who says what's on his mind. Dallas is very loud. Dallas is very opinionated. And Dallas doesn't really care what other people think of him. While a lot of times um, he he can be very funny, I can see uh, him rubbing off and being very obnoxious. And that last pickup line is something that I'm sure – uh, might work with a lot of ladies, but I'm sure a lot of ladies would just be like, uh, I'm going to smack you right outside your head, boy. So, but, and Dallas, uh, Dallas would say, would I would love that. <laughs> yeah, and Dallas would, Dallas, would probably get a, Dallas would get a kick out of that, and Dallas would probably like push even harder to try to like get that person in the sack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dallas is so funny. He is just hilarious. That was a good one. Any more, Terry? <laughs> Sure. Um, Wait, what were you going to say, Joe? Russian roulette veto. Well, I, Don't make me. What about Levita? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to say Dallas is, like I said, Dallas is somebody who is, who can be very hot-headed, but he's somebody who, for me, is, is a very funny personality, but he's somebody who just, like, pours it on so, so much that it's uh, it's hard to not – be entertained whether you're like bugged by what he says and it comes off as obnoxious or whether um it's just like the craziest thing you're you're never bored with dallas i'll put it that way i think that he says what he feels at that moment he doesn't let it process first and i think that that's a really great quality and because sometimes like he'll say something stupid because who doesn't you know but he doesn't care, and he owns it, and he loves it, yep. and he, you know, and I—that's what I loved about him on the show and meeting him. It was just hilarious. Yep. I mean, he just is what you see is what you get with him, and I like that. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I'm not 100% sure that that always translates well in the Big Brother house. Obviously, from an entertainment standpoint, it's super. Uh, great for fans to be sitting there and watching somebody tear their shirt off and put mustard and stuff and wear underwear for a nomination ceremony. But um, from a game standpoint, I I knew early on that he was probably going to be targeted just because of how, how loud he was. So it wasn't, it's not necessarily the smartest thing when you're in the house because you're on everybody's radar right away, but it's fun to watch. He, he reminded Dallas me of Jesse for my guy. season. He reminded me of Jesse from my season. People just Jesse, yes, that's a very good. The wrong hint. Yeah. 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 You know, like he's a lovable, great, awesome, funny guy, but when you just get snippets of it, you know, you you don't know what you're 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 getting yourself into. But he's just a big teddy bear. If I'm gonna name any animal for Dallas, it's a teddy bear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yep. Just a lot. Here's a funny one. uh, Let's throw this one too. Yeah. Um, you want to make it for Mitch or Raul? Um, do Raul. Do Raul. Raul. Do Raul. Okay. Sure. sure. <laughs> I picked for you. I'm, like, more excited That's about the game name. Imagine if Raul were a country song. Okay. If Raul were a country song, would he be on the road again? Crazy. I've got friends in low places. Rhinestone Cowboy, Achy Breaky Heart, or Tumbling Tumbleweeds? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, 
I'm going to say A, B, I got, D, and C. No. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, honestly, there's a little bit of Raul, I think, in all of those songs, but the one that sort of popped out as you were mentioning them was uh, Friends in Low Places, although they weren't very good at uh, that third wheel alliance, wasn't very good at like keeping it on the down low. That's one thing they needed to do a little bit better of when they were in there. But um, I'll just say that because the one thing that popped up to me with them was that they were always being like, well, we're such friends. And that's all Raul was always saying was, you know what? Um, Kelsey's my friend. Jared's my friend. We're friends and stuff. We're going <laughs> to we're in we're all we're in the friend zone that's what this game is we're gonna let's all let's all be friends and all 16 of us go to the end and clear our case as to why a hundred thousand we should all get a hundred thousand dollars because that's the idea of this game even in like the jury deliberations and stuff like that raul was just like you know we were like deliberating being like okay why does kelsey deserve to win this game well kelsey's a really good friend of mine kelsey's just a sweet girl and kelsey kelsey's my friend so i'm gonna vote for my friend like the it was the one uh, case he would always have was he was always talking about like well we're friends this is friendship so that's was the one thing that pops out to me when I think of Raul there's a lot of other things but when you think of those possible choices I would say friends in low places so for them <laughs> it's very quiet I like Let's the explanation Joel about the entire cast okay oh as a whole the entire cast. All right. Okay. All right. Many the so the latest celebrity fad diet aired on TV. Which cast yep. member would be the first one to try it? Latest celebrity fab diet? Uh, fab diet. Okay. What's the fab diet? Is that like your abdominal area? Fat. Just a fad. Or is that just like, like a, oh, I, oh. All right. I, I not, just didn't know not, this is a new thing. Like, Okay, it's it's not it's not like uh, oh Joel was a nerd in the house, but now he's fabulous. So how does he like get fabulous? So he does this. It's not being <laughs> not fabulous. Fat. It's not okay. Oh my okay. god! I thought <laughs> Joel, that was hilarious. Mucho mucho obrigado for that. Obrigada. Yeah. Obrigado, Roboto, indeed. Um, okay, I love it. Do diets. Let's see. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I mean, Nikki That's has hard. her own sort. I know Nikki. It is hard. I know Nikki had her own book about um, her her issues, um, and she's got her own sort of dieting regimen. So I wouldn't say Nikki, but I would say um, Dallas. I guess maybe. Ugh, I don't know. I think she's Dallas too, a, because I think Dallas would just want to yeah. be putting those those uh, pickup moves, the pickup lines on that on whoever he meets. <laughs> yeah, to talk about this, it's like I don't know. Uh, yeah, is it like a we'll drink? Just, we'll just go with we'll just go we'll just go with Dallas. I don't I don't actually know. I'm still honestly a little scatterbrained as to what a fab diet is. It's just like no, okay, you're yeah, like a fad. F A D is oh, fab. Fad. Oh, oh okay. like oh, oh. fab. I'm just like I thought oh, it was fab. Oh, That's why it's an ab fab. Oh, I was thinking abs. Fad. I don't know. A fad, oh, a fad a diet. Fad like you're talking diet. about, like the uh, South, the South Beach diet, and right. eating mm. um, kale. Oh, stuff like that. Okay, that's a little bit different because I thought it was like <laughs> some yeah. like, sort of drink. Do you change yeah, your answer? Okay. Or do you want to remain with Dallas? <laughs> you know what? Because I, I don't think Dallas would eat kale. I, yeah, no, no, you're true. Dallas would not eat kale. Dallas would. 
Dallas's diet in there basically consisted of like having some fries and some nuggets at like two o'clock in the morning, having a whole <laughs> plate of onion rings to himself. He had the he had an interesting diet regimen, so he would not really like be into and the I don't whole think diet you thing. Would. I think he's comfortable. No, I would not. I don't think you would, would because you were in slop for too long, so you want to eat everything under the sun. And McDonald's better send you some free burgers. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so then, gosh, that's because who did a lot of, like, work? I mean, Tim Tim did a lot. Well, I'll say Tim then, just for the sheer fact that Tim was the only one who, like, really made a strong effort to, like, cook different elaborate meals. Uh, while he was in there. And Tim was also somebody who was always working out and always uh, conscious of, you know, being physically fit. So uh, just for that sheer fact, I guess, I guess we'll go, we'll go with Tim. All right. Timmy's got that one. one Timmy's got the fat, fat, all that good stuff. Okay. One one more more for the entire cast. Manic Monday, imagine if you're all trying to assemble. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Imagine if you're all trying to assemble a new piece of furniture, which player would insist on putting it together without the instructions? Ooh. Uh, I could see a few of those fitting in there, Joel. Probably Jared, because Jared was somebody who had a lot of pride and always was like the the do it yourself person and he was he would always next to Christine he was like the biggest complainer about like oh we've got to clean this area up, we've got to get the dishes washed, we've got to get all this sort of stuff done, so Jared would probably be or Tim as well because Tim always got really frustrated too and we would have tasks for example and we would have to clean the house and things like that tim would get super irritated and frustrated with people like me and Cass and stuff and just be like oh you guys are useless and just like try to do it the entire thing himself but uh number one person i would say is uh probably probably jared because jared is a very handy person and jared's somebody who has uh, a big head sometimes but also has has a lot of pride in himself, so he would he would think to himself that he could probably figure it out without uh, any sort of instructions. And of course, the chair away. would have to be by our. And of course, no, I was going to say, of course, the chair and all the furniture would be by our friends at the Brick, the greatest sponsor in the entire world, who we always had to quote. Uh, we were in the house. Of Good old Brick. Brick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, well, be- I'm going to do this. for you for playing the game. Thank Gosh. you for playing Monday Imagine If. Yeah. Did I win anything? That was, you no, you just win this today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> free burgers maybe from McDonald's, if McDonald's is listening. A lot of free burgers from McDonald's. Yeah. Hello, McDonald's. Yes. I can't even believe you asked to take pictures with Joel and you didn't even offer him a freaking fry. Nothing. Moron. Not even a, a, a ice cream. A shake, more cool. hash brown. I love the hash browns. Not cool. I got apple pie. Minutes, okay. Well, Joe, I just want to, um, real quick, um, I get to see you in a couple of weeks, two weeks and two days. Yep. I'm not counting or anything. Back to the 212. Excited for it. My yes. old stomping grounds. I'm really looking forward to meeting a whole bunch of other BBUS alums. It's going to be a fun time. Yes, I'm excited to see you again, and we get to talk our language as we, you know, do, and you'll be back in your city. I'm glad I did maybe somewhat convincing of you coming. 
Yes, you did, actually. You know what? I was actually, I had planned to go to Europe for a little bit, but I was like, you know what? I want to uh, be with my big brother family right now. I'm super close with them, and I want to enjoy this for as long as I can. And, you know, that other stuff can can wait to another day. So I put off a trip to to go do this and to hopefully make some more appearances around Canada and to sort of give back to the fans kind of thing. So this, the New York City thing is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm looking wait. forward to uh, seeing you... you a little bit, too. You're not bad. Oh, I can't wait to see you too, Joel. And, you know, you got to welcome me to your um, country, Canada, when I went up to the finale a couple of weeks ago. So I mm-hmm. can't wait to pay back that to you and to everybody that's coming down. So I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited that uh, um, Cassandra's coming, the Pax Brothers, Kelsey, Levita, mm-hmm. um, and I hear Peter Brown's going to come now. Uh, I heard just probably right before yep. we got on the show. No, that's true. Peter texted me yesterday and said that he was coming down. And I think Liza as well might be coming down as well from Peter's season, from season Yeah, she was planning on it, but something just came up. Uh, We just got word before you Uh, came on the show, Missy Z, that is one of the ones, uh, people that is involved in the New York premiere party. She came on to talk about it, and she gave us mm -hmm. that news that Liza unfortunately can't come. But um, we are just so happy, Joel, that you came on Manic Monday. Um, I hope yeah. you had fun tonight. Had a ball, yeah, for sure. It's it's refreshing talking to somebody who played in the game but who also, like, saw the game in the same way that I did because I watched your season. Your season was actually one of my the more entertaining ones because there wasn't a lot of uh, twists and stuff that really, like, threw a wrench in the game. But it's refreshing to to talk to somebody who understands the uh, the environment that you're putting in there but also – uh, always played it like uh, like a game and not like other people play it sometimes to be to be buddy buddy with everybody. So it's nice to to spew off and say what you want to say and have somebody else like totally understand where you're coming from. Absolutely, I know it's it's one thing to um, see it on TV, but it's a whole another aspect living in the fishbowl. As I like to say, mm-hmm. everybody's looking yeah. in on you, you know. But I just want to, um, once again, thank you so much for coming on the chat room. And um, yeah. it's going crazy, actually. They've been going crazy all night. And I uh, just want to oh, thank shucks. the callers as well and you guys uh, asking questions to Joel. Joel, we just want to say here, um, you can come back anytime if you want to. Uh, are you going to be watching Big Brother U.S.? Yes, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm going to be there for the premiere party, but I am definitely will be keeping my eye out for Big Brother US and I'm pretty sure I'll probably be called on a few a, pe- a few people's podcasts and uh definitely be talking about it as much as possible. I'm a huge fan of it and now I'm part of the Big Brother family, so I'm looking forward to crushing other people's uh crushing other people's games and telling everybody else from an outside perspective what they're doing wrong. <laughs> Yes, well, guess what? Uh, we get to welcome more people to our family, and um, you're stuck with me. Yep. That's good news That's and right. bad news for you. You for got the double edged sword on for that one. <laughs> we get it right. We get it right, guys. All right. We're down uh, to a minute. Joel, come back anytime um, that you want to, and just say goodbye to everybody. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Love you all. Toodle. Thank you, Joel. And call Take me, baby. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe, maybe. Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodaloo. Good night, hon. Oh, that. Good night.
That was awesome, Cherry. I mean, I could, I seriously, what a great we went guy. over an hour that we were supposed to, you guys, just for you to know out there. I think Cherry was probably going frantic we're about behind there, pressing two these hours. All right, and we're going to go. <laughs> I love you guys. Come back next week for Phil and Nick. Love you guys. Yes. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm not even going to talk about Thursday. I'm going to close tonight out with Ron, as we always do. Thank you all so much for being here tonight with us. And Michelle and Joel did a great, great job tonight just talking about BB Canada. What a great interview. Here's Ron to take us out. Good night, all. Love you so much. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It was a great one. People listening live won't hear this, but those in podcast will hear me say thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for listening in podcast. We adore you. What a great show tonight. Michelle interviewed Joel, and he just told us so much about Big Brother Canada 4 and everything that he was doing in the house, and what a great conversation they had. Next week, be back here with us. The winners of Big Brother Canada 4, Michelle is going to rock that interview. So be back here next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. That's it for tonight. Have a great week. God bless.